Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. A focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and today I'm chatting to Helena Rafai. She's a podcast producer and the founder of mental health podcast, A Sonic Hug. We're going to be chatting today about agoraphobia, panic attacks and podcasts. So I think it was well I I know it was probably when I was 16 years old um I tried to take my life um I took a, an overdose and it was because I was going through um some really bad stuff at home my dad um unfortunately was uh, domestic abuse so um my father would um was very physically abusive um to my my mother myself and my brother and um that resulted in quite a lot of uh things becoming quite difficult i suppose me questioning my home life and and everything like that and just the fear of waking up every day and wondering what was going to happen physically um in terms of and this isn't uh, there was no sexual assault or anything like that it was uh, mental and um physical beating um so i think it was just that's how it kind of started and and it's just really manifested and evolved throughout my whole life um and it's taken years for me to be properly diagnosed in terms of um i was diagnosed with ptsd when i was um when i was around 16 but then panic disorder and agoraphobia came far later and far far too late in my opinion mm. 
And you've spoken really sort of openly about this on your podcast, A Sonic Hug. If people listen to the first episode of that, you really talk incredibly honestly and, and really in depth about what you went through. Um, what made you want to start off the pod, but also to kind of share that level of, of detail with people? I think there comes a time in your life when you've, you'll know this yourself, when you've gone through your mental health journey and I think you reach a certain age and you start to think, I really do not want someone else to have to endure what I've gone through or try and figure out this journey. And I'm not saying, I mean, everyone, no two mental health journeys are the same, but there's similar themes, there's different things that, you know, we can experience collectively. Um, and I think that I just felt that I wanted to help people um, and it was at the sacrifice of my own privacy. And I just thought, you know, this, I just need to do this now. Um, but it was also a kind of selfish thing as well in that I wanted to try and find more help to understand what I was going through and also find it's, it's that whole cliche of knowing that you're not alone. Um, and I think with the podcast, it was just a means I've been podcasting for 15 years um, on a music level, not never within the, the mental health sphere. And I just decided that it was time to to do something like this and and just meet as many people. Um, and I think one of the biggest things for me was the sheer complexities that surround mental health um, and understanding the kind of journeys that other people have been through but also to uh, create more empathy for people that um and, and understand why these things happen why people end up in the positions that they're in if that makes sense yeah absolutely just before we go on to talk a bit more about your podcast and also world mental health day um would you mind telling us a bit more just about your journey in terms of moving from what sounds like a really quite traumatic childhood um to a place where you sort of feel safer and more confident and and able to talk about this stuff yeah so I mean I think there's always been an element of loneliness um despite having three brothers and um having quite a large extended family um and I think a lot of people that struggle with their mental health will probably feel exactly the same um but I was very lucky. Um, I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for music. And I know that that's the same for a lot of people. Um, I really invested in, that was my escapism whenever things were really challenging at home. And so I kind of really spent a lot of my time around music, buying music, writing about it. And that's the field that I went into. Um, but the problem was that I hadn't fully addressed the actual um, mental health aspects of what was happening. I remember going to see my first therapist when I was 16 and I just didn't gel with them at all. So after the third session, I just lied, said I was fine. And then I just went on my way. And then I didn't see another therapist again until I was around 21. And I'd made another two attempts on my life by that point. And I think that um, I wish I wish I'd had a kind of, if I could go back, I wish I'd had a therapist that I would have connected with because I, I definitely don't think I would be where I suppose, well, I hope I wouldn't be where I am now. Um, 
but it was various things as well that affected stuff. So I, um, I left uni because I was having panic attacks and I didn't understand what was happening. Um, so the, it was affecting things like travel, sitting in classes, um, all these types of things. I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, and then jobs, it affected jobs. Um, but the, um, as time went on the internet, I know it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, but it was a blessing in terms of me finding my tribe, finding people that I would connect with, especially on the music scale. Um, and then that kind of gave me the confidence to, to kind of go out in the community and, and especially within in Glasgow, which has got a tremendous music community. And I was able to attend live shows, make really great friendships with people, um, and then start talking about things like mental health. And that's how it kind of, because it, music, the music industry is probably one of the most flawed things in the world when it comes to mental health, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so that that kind of progressed and I ended up just kind of having the confidence to start my own website, um, my own podcast um, from a music perspective and just teach myself because I was the panic and the agoraphobia was affecting so many um, things in terms of me actually attending courses, you know, uh, my jobs, all these types of things. Um, and then I, yeah, so I then went on to um, start the Sonic Hug podcast and that was just purely I started blogging online about my mental health experiences and people were connecting. And um, I suppose it's like many people, you start to think, right, okay, this is actually helping. Um, and that's when I started talking to people and, and hearing their stories. And it's, it's really helped me a lot. It's, it's really given me a kind of a great respect for people but also it's changed my perceptions of people wildly um I think there's been um a lot of talk from some of the guests about cr crimes that they've committed or um things that they've been through acts that they've done you know the I think sometimes when you've you experience mental health on a, a really um extreme levels at times you you can hate yourself and you can hate the things that you do and what you become. There's a, a real anger at times and you can be really, I've been so horrible at times. Um, and I think that by kind of really understanding the catalyst for that, you've, you develop a deep empathy for people. And I think that that's the thing I've probably been most grateful for. Um, and so that's how it's kind of got to the stage that it has and, um, I suppose now it's more about having that passion for for helping, I guess. Mm. Um, you've mentioned in there that you've struggled with agoraphobia. Mm -hmm. um, would you mind telling us a bit more about that and how that affects you? Just because I think a lot of people have um, quite a preconceived notion of what that means. Sure. So the first time I experienced it, I was um, in my early 20s and I lived in a basement flat and um, in Glasgow and I had, I was, I went to work and I'd had a panic attack on the train coming back and it was one of the worst panic attacks I've ever had. I was, I was actually beating on the, the train uh, window to get off um, and I got off the train 
didn't really know what I'd experienced went into my flat and the panic so it's panic disorder that had um created this so it's the fear of the panic this is this is the the biggest problem um and a panic attack for for anyone that's had it will know that it's one of the worst things you can ever experience you ultimately feel like you're you're going to die and so I um started to kind of think if I go outside I'm going to have a panic attack then it started to move to if I move into this room I'm going to have a panic attack if I go to the shower I'm going to have a panic attack so that fear just it it just it was immeasurable um I ended up paying for um when my mum found out that I hadn't been to work and um my work were really bad they actually put me on a final written warning because they didn't really understand what I was going through um and so my mother actually we I got a hypnotherapy managed to get me out for um and I I managed to work through things um but then the pandemic came um so this is obviously 20 years later the pandemic came um and yeah the lockdown just really kind of it happened again what happened was it's that again that fear of the panic um and you really just you disassociate and you it's the hyperventilation the beating heart you know your heart's going a million miles an hour um and you just feel that you cannot move within these situations and that everything's coming for you um so yeah it's it's really about kind of trusting yourself but but being I hate to use the word brave because I I just feel it's a, a weird word to use but I suppose it's just really about pushing yourself and and in my someone explained it to me that was the best explanation is that if you're in a, a a pool of water and it's up to your waist and you have got this beach ball and you are trying to push this beach ball under the water but it's not happening. You just have to sit with that beach ball. And I think it's just that it's about accepting what is happening to you. And that's one of the hardest things to push push through, unfortunately. No, thank you for sharing that. It's, um, it's really helpful, but also I can imagine, yeah, sometimes when you're sort of going over this stuff again, I don't know, I don't, don't want to sort of, you know, trigger you or anything or. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's, it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> um, so the, yeah, the next thing I wanted to sort of move on to was um, what things have you found helpful in terms of dealing with your panic attacks and with agoraphobia? Yeah, well, therapy has been massive. Um, unfortunately, I my first experience with um, CBT, well, CBT um, has has been a bit hit and miss for me over the years. Um, when I first had it, I got six sessions over the um, NHS. Uh, which didn't really do anything. And um, I, I really felt for the person delivering it because I know that they were obviously trying to um, fit in a certain amount of things within the time that they had and the budgets. Um, so I eventually started paying and um, that's been one of the biggest things. Um, I think it's just finding the right therapist though um, and just the privilege that I have to be able to pay for my therapy goes beyond what I'm, I'm like so grateful for that. Um, 
other things are kind of really questioning myself I guess um is really it's kindness to myself I've been so ferociously bad to myself over the years which has come through trauma um with my father um and and that stuff that I've worked through um journaling is something now the things that I'm mentioning now when I was in my 20s I would scoff at I would just be like no this is just stupid it's not going to help me um but now I've actually done them and they are helping um I think also just um mindfulness being in the present um just trying to not focus on my thoughts my thoughts are for many of us can be debilitating um and the way that we kind of question ourselves um and breathing so breathing for anyone that has panic attacks is probably one of the biggest things so you hyperventilate and it's really about kind of taking time each day to properly sit and practice so that when you are in those tricky situations, you start to um, kind of immediately go to that toolbox that you've created for yourself. Um, and then when it comes to agoraphobia, it's been things like um, introspective work. So actually bringing on feelings of a panic attack within and um, just exposure therapy, which I think that more people kind of really need to know about and I wish I'd known about it when I was younger just about kind of trying to it's about really small steps not immediately just going outside it's about you know can you open can you put your hand on a um on the the door handle of the front door see how many times that you can do that until you're bringing your anxiety down so there's there's been so many different um things but they've kind of all come together and and helped build up um i'd like to talk a little bit more about a sonic hug now um tell us about some of your most memorable guests wow so um there's some that have kind of I suppose affected me more than than others but they've all equally been really special I think one of the ones that really stood out for me was a, a young woman called Jassy Earl um she lost her father and um she had a problematic relationship with her father um and she was speaking about how grief had affected her mental health and it still does um and it was the way that she spoke about the loss and the moment that she realized that she'd lost her father. And it, it took me a few weeks. Usually I'll edit a podcast quite quickly, but that one I had to kind of keep dipping in and out of because I've never really experienced grief on that level. And it gave me a real kind of indication of what was going to happen. Um, and it was... <laughs> It was terrifying, but it, I was also really thankful for how honest she was in that podcast. Um, but it also made me kind of realize just the the sheer, again, that loneliness that that people feel, and just that there's no there's no textbook to this. You just have to go through it minute by minute at times. Um, so that was a, a massive one. Um, another one was. Um, a, a woman carry um talking about uh, becoming a trans woman and just the internal struggle i think um 
both mentally, but also having to deal with the thoughts and opinions of other people, especially parents at her children's school and all these things that she had to navigate. And um, just the sheer bravery and courage that it took to to move through that and just to be the person that you want to be, which I couldn't really, at times I, I can't really um, understand because we're all human and we all deserve to to live the life that we want to live. Um, and I think another one was James um, from Twilight Sad. He's from a band and he him and I have talked quite a lot about mental health over the years um, in terms of, of music industry and how the pressures of it and also the grief that he's experienced through losing a, a special friend. But I had no idea what he was going to come in with on that podcast until the day. And then he said it was body image and I was absolutely floored. I couldn't believe it because He's never really spoken about it at all. And I think that that's the first time he's ever spoken about it. Um, and just the way that he punished, and I don't know if he still does this, I've not really talked to him in, in recent times, but the, the punishment that he gave himself. But as someone that struggles with my my body as well, it was it was just so interesting to hear it from a male perspective. And it's something that men don't, obviously, it's it's not spoken about enough. Um, as a lot of these things um and yeah I, I guess the uh, the one other th- one um that I'll mention is is Jibemi Ayeku who is a rapper and he kind of uh, originally from uh Nigeria but um was grew up in well born in uh well brought up in London but was shipped to Stranra by his dad to stay with his aunt and just talking about the level of racism that he experienced, but um, unfortunately his brother was murdered as well. And um, having to go through that and as just as a child and the amount of adversities to overcome and, um, and so on. And, and also talking about things like um, your own mental health, but layering racism on top of that. So you're, uh, but then having to speak to white counsellors who do not understand as a black person what you're experiencing of of the trauma. So, so yeah, there are a few. Hmm. And why did you decide to, um, on the format that you have for your podcast, because um, it's, it's lovely in that um, the way that you produce it, it's just um, a person speaking and sort of giving their full story rather than it being a kind of question answer format that we hear. Yeah, so the I've done some mental health interviews before and I've found that um I have the <laughs> the presenter or the host or if I'm in an interview actually telling me how I should feel <laughs> or navigating my conversation for me and I've just kind of sat back just in sheer I suppose amazement and um bewilderment at times like this is you know you're asking me about my experiences here so can I get the space to actually tell you about them um so I felt that I've really wanted people to have that full section to say exactly what they went through um and then the end is just me almost, I suppose, like an audio letter to that person and the public to say, 
you know, I'm really, A, I'm really proud of you for doing this. Um, B, you've taught me a lot during this. And C, ask questions to the public as to how they maybe think about things going forward when it comes to those experiences. Um, because there's a lot of judgment that we hold, I think, as a society. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours, mentally yours. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to our channel and perhaps even go back and listen to some old episodes. We have many of them. Also, you can get in contact with us. We have a lovely Facebook group, which is called Mentally Yours. And we're also on Twitter at MentallyYRS. See you next week. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.